You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Watching Friends. This is Season 3, Episode 8, the one with the giant poking device. Hi, I'm Ryan. Can I get a napkin? And I'm Mark. Like, you don't already have everything. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I swapped the order around of uh, us doing that intro there, just so I could have, have that line. Yeah, and like, normally <laughs> you don't rewrite in our notes, like, hi, I'm Ryan, and it's like, insert joke. And then when yeah. I saw these notes, I was like, Mark's picked it for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, all right, it's worth it for the punchline. Though. It is, yes. Uh, so I think we're going to get straight into the, this episode. What? No. No, no? No. Okay. Two, oh. there's, there's two important events that have happened since last recording, Mark. Okay, let's, let's go through them. The minor one is it's my birthday today. Happy birthday. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that. Um, but more importantly, football has came home. Further, like seven of our listeners that might care about football. You, you should probably explain this in a bit further de- detail. Firstly, you're talking about soccer for our American friends over there. Yeah, we are talking about football slash soccer. Both are English terms. So English people aren't allowed to get upset when someone says soccer because yeah. it was invented by a British person. So okay. You can't say soccer is the wrong word because it's not. And we're talking about... The women's Euro finals. And the that's just all the, the teams in Europe, obviously. Yes. Uh, not so, like the World Series in America, which just includes the world. Yeah, I, f- I feel like most people care about the World Cup. The Euros are probably not quite as important. And then as soon as you say, like, women in sport, most people are like, oh. And it's like, it shouldn't be like that. No, right. I mean, it wasn't at Wembley, Mark. It yeah. was, what, 87,000-something people. It was fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, the Lionesses brought football home. I don't know what we're going to sing now because we can't sing It's Coming Home. <laughs> no. like, maybe football's tugged up in bed. The women brought it home. Yeah, like, it's tugged up in bed. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what we're going to sing because football's home. But... Yeah, obviously England beat Germany 2-1 at Wembley. I was there with friends and family and it was fantastic and it hasn't quite sunk in. But this is weird. I don't get emotional very often. Apart from when Carol things happen, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but it didn't really sink in. I went to the final and then we won and it was fantastic and we all celebrated. And then I stayed in London the day after and we you know, did touristy things. Um, but then on the train on the way back to Birmingham, about 10 minutes into the journey, I suddenly had, like, got emotional and was like, it came home. I was there and I was, like, welling up with, like, pride and emotion. And then I texted my friend who was sat opposite because we couldn't shout across the train. And I was like, I'm getting emotional. Ugh. And then he looked left and I looked left and Wembley was there. It was like my heart knew we'd gone back <laughs> past Wembley. And it was very emotional and fantastic and it was sensational. I feel like we can tie this into a Friends episode. I'm not sure what one. I mean, it's a shame that we're not doing the one with the football. Because yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll just talk about it again when we do that. Yeah, I think that's a good but, idea. Uh, no, I was very excited to be there. I'm very proud of the Lionesses. Uh, I now need to meet Jill Scott, meet Jill Scott again because I first started watching women's football in 2012 at the London Olympics, and Team GB played at the Riku Arena in Coventry. And after the game, I met Jill Scott and Rachel Brown, and they both signed my Team GB shirt. Nice. So now I've seen Jill Scott win the Euros. I need her to sign my England shirt. And I can't repeat what she said, but there was a part in the game where a German player did a very aggressive foul to Jill Scott's chest area, um, at which point Jill Scott looked up and the camera happened to be directly on her face and screamed, F you, you effing P word. Um, and it's gone down as this kind of like viral meme now is like Jill Scott should get a day <laughs> just, just, for, just for this sentence. So if I meet her, I'm like, can you please sign it to Brian? That sentence. Yes. <laughs> But no, so yeah, I guess I had to mention it because, you know, full of lioness pride right now. 
and now we can get on with and, the and, and yeah and now you want to have this in history forever well it was just very cool and I'm very excited and it was very nice to be at a football game full of people that didn't have the kind of toxic undertone that a lot of men's football games have yep. the atmosphere was very supportive and jovial and I was having a very nice time and the, there wasn't this edge of aggression that there tends to be at the men's game um, and it was, it was just very fun yeah yeah, well, because you know the friends cast, they they watch soccer sometimes. Um, you know, normally bewildered by it all, right? Yeah, well, I was I messaged two of my American friends uh, who live in like the New York, New Jersey area, and I was like, "It came home," and neither of them knew what I was talking about. You should have said the world. It's like the World Series; they would understand it then. Yeah, um, but yeah. I was like, it, it, "This happened," and they're like, "What?" And I explained. I was like, "England beat Germany two one at Wembley to win the championship," and they were like, "Oh my god!" And then like my one friend didn't care at all. She was like, yay, I guess. And then the other guy was like, oh my God, I'm like, I don't have an, an, something comparable that America would have um, because America don't really care about soccer at all, even though the women's USA team is like the best women's team I in the world. I think they're starting to care a tiny bit. Yeah. But they don't have the kind of legacy or history that, that England has versus Germany in a yeah. final. Like it, it, they have, and he was like, yeah, we, don't, we have like a cultural thing. He's like, maybe the Copa de America, but no one really cares over here. And I was like, well, yeah, because... That's mostly all the South American teams yeah. who can't defend, but they're really good at attacking. <laughs> but still, enough about football. But I just thought I would mention it because it was a great day. Yep. And, you know, Lioness is for the win. Well, I think we should get into the episode very quickly for those non-sports loving yeah, fans out there. The reason people press play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the one with the giant poking device, I think that name just says it all. As soon as you hear that, you know what the episode's about. Uh, we start at Monica's and uh, Rachel has made some homemade brownies. Uh, not the special kind, the normal kind. Yep. And uh, Phoebes quickly spits it out and the guys put the brownies back on the plate just as quickly, which I think is brilliant. Because <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, brownies. And they're like, oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, we've not even had the trifle yet, but no. this is one of my favourite things about watching Friends on a loop is that your brain remembers all the things to come and I'm like, uh, wait till you try the trifle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like I'm laughing at things that haven't happened yet and there's no context with the Yeah, because you're, you're thinking, you know, oh, they know that she's a bad cook. And it's like, I know at this point that's not been set. Yeah, it's not died in the wall, is it? Uh, but you know it's okay because uh, it's just Phoebe's tooth is playing up that's why she spit out the brownie the brownie's actually okay fair I think I don't think it's too difficult to mess up a brownie really no Um, but you know well her her tooth is a bit of an issue but every time she goes to the dentist uh, someone dies so she doesn't really want to go I mean that's an intense correlation right there Mark I was going to say that's some power she's got or you know perhaps like Ross says it's just coincidence yeah, I mean, we recently found out that she's psychic. Yeah. <laughs> and now she can kill people with <laughs> dental visits. Just random people, though, that she happens to know. Yeah. Uh, we then get the, the classic intro, as always. And now we get to my favourite part of the episode. Uh, at Central Perk, Ross is getting some coffee and some kind of treat. I, think, I can't quite see what it is. No, me neither. Uh, from Gumpfer before he kisses Rachel. And this is where we have our very first clip. Hi. Um, can I get a napkin too? Oh, like you don't already have everything. <laughs> uh, the look on Gumpher's face, like as he says that line, it, like he's concentrating all his energy into Ross's face, 
Uh, he's definitely part of like the Ross Sucks fan club. Right. I'm pretty sure Gunther's trying really hard to make Ross's head explode. Like <laughs> yes. <that. laughs> you can just see like the bitter envy on his face. It's just like... Rrr. Like, I, I love his acting. Just like, you know, don't you think you got everything? <laughs> but well, I love how like everyone weirdly seems oblivious to, to Gunther's <laughs> feelings for Rachel. Well, well, Ross pulls a face like, oh, that's weird. But he doesn't dwell on it or think too deeply about it. He's just like, oh, uh, yeah, maybe I do have everything. Like... But, yeah, like, what a weird thing for Gunther to say. Never yeah. mind. Like, he, he doesn't doesn't dwell on it in the slightest. Yeah, I, I, I'm really loving this kind of, you know, Gunther's love for Rachel. Because, you know, even at this point, Gunther's not really been in it a, an awful lot. He's had a couple of lines. Yet somehow it's already set in stone that, you know, Gunther has a massive thing for Rachel. Yes. I kind of feel like, I think about this quite a lot when we have fun Gunther moments. Where I'm kind of sad that they never explored Gunther's feelings for Rachel in a deeper sense. Mm. But I think that, like we like to do on the show, would ruin the comedy. Um, yeah. Because it's funny and sometimes mildly creepy when it's this surface level thing we don't know anything about. But when you think about it, if you assume that Rachel does, what, a minimum 20, 24 hours a week at the coffee shop to get by? Yeah. She's spending a lot of time with Gunther. So it's not like Gunther doesn't know her. He's not like he's staring through the window at her. and he's, you know. That's how it comes across sometimes, right? Like as if he doesn't know where. Actually, you know, he speaks to her a lot and is probably a work friend, right? Yeah, and like, you know, you, I mean, my longest relationship, I was with a person I met at work. Um, when you're at work, you spend an intense amount of time with these people and you get to know them very well. And even if you don't see them romantically, seeing their, their boyfriend or Ross in this case be all over them, you're just like, oh, I just hate him. Yeah, there's no need to do that publicly. <laughs> but yeah, but in Gunfenses, when you have got feelings, it is like, well, okay, well, it's, I think it's almost a disservice to Gunther that sometimes his crush on Rachel gets played off the way it does. It's funny, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't yeah. change it. But at the same time, I think in, to be fair to Gunther, as if he's a real person, <laughs> not a character, <laughs> he's probably actually got some legitimately intense feelings from the amount of time he's spent with Rachel over the past three years. Yeah. Uh, Phoebe is still having her tooth trouble, though. Uh, when Monica and Joey walk in, uh, they're looking for Chandler, uh, because as you may have already forgotten, the last episode ended on a cliffhanger. Janice was kissing her ex-husband. And that's where we have our second clip. Hey, you, is Chandler here? No, no, he's not. You guys, Joey just saw Janice kissing her ex-husband. What? Oh! So what are you going to do? I mean, how, how are you going to tell Chandler? Well, I was thinking about that, and I, and I think the best way would be to not. Joey, you can't keep this to yourself. If you know about this, you have to tell him. It'll kill him. I mean, it, it'll just kill him. Well, you could wait till I go to the dentist. Maybe I'll kill him. So, yeah, jo Joey is thinking, you know, the best way to tell Chandler um, is not to tell him. And I have a question for you now, Ryan. If you saw this happen to a friend, mm -hmm. would you tell them? Eventually, yes. I think it's a tough one, right? Because getting involved in someone's relationship like this is bad. You don't ever want to go up to your friend and be like, hey, I saw your girlfriend or boyfriend doing something. Like, th there's no positive, like, outcome from that. I would talk to Janice first. Yes. I would take Janice aside and look, Janice, we're trying to return the race car bed. And I saw you kissing your ex-husband or current husband, middle of divorce husband, whatever it is, the mattress king. Yeah. And you need to tell Chandler about this today. And if you don't, I'll tell him. I think that's even difficult, right? It's difficult, but I, was, I would know that I would... If, I, if you found out that someone I'm dating was cheating on me or had done whatever she'd done, whatever you want to phrase it, I would much rather hear it from her 
then hear it from a yes, friend. Yes, of course. Yeah. Because then I've got all the complicated emotion of like that interaction. Well, because you never know if like the friend says it and then the the partner who has cheated manipulates that in some way. Yeah. Be like it never it never happened, and then obviously suddenly you've got this kind of weird rivalry going on between your 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 friend and your partner. Yeah, I mean maybe I'm too trusting, but I'd also think like to think that if that happened, the person would tell me anyway, or tell my friend. Mm. Like, oh no, she's kissed this person. Right, go home and tell Joey or Chandler because that's the right thing to do. But then because I now have that knowledge, I'd be like, right, you need to know that I know, and that if you don't do the right thing by you know tomorrow, for instance, I'm gonna have to tell him because I can't keep this secret. But at the same time, I'm going to respect your relationship enough, even though you want, to to do the right thing. Yeah. Give them the chance, basically, because it's already going to be an intense situation. Mm. And if I could avoid causing my friend that pain myself, which I guess is a little bit selfish. Well, no, because sometimes it's better not to get involved in those sorts of things, especially as you, you don't even know what the, the situation can be. They might have an open relationship or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a, a very difficult one. And some ways I think Joey's right just to not get involved and pretend he didn't know it. At the same time, I'm sure if Chandler found out that he did know, he would be upset at Joey, like, not telling him. Yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a delicate one. situation. Uh, but we are back at Monica's, and everyone is checking out Ugly Naked Guy. Uh, he's got a new hammock, and it's like, like a Play-Doh fat factory, which is such great imagery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also really dated. Uh, like, I don't know if Play-Doh still make the little... Play-Doh baking. Play-Doh's massive. But they, do they still make the little factory? They make, all, the they make so many things. You can get like an ice cream factory where you make actual ice creams and you put sauce on that hardens. Uh, there's, there's so many different toys now. It's not just the, the plunger with the shapes in the, in the rectangle that you push through. Yeah, that's what I was imagining then. No, there, there is a million different things. Like, Play-Doh's absolutely huge still. Clearly, I need to look at Play-Doh. Like, you do, yeah. You, you need, yeah. kids, can't you? Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to go and, and find your inner child and get some Play-Doh. I used to hate it when you'd leave the lid off a little bit and all the Play-Doh would dry out. Oh, yeah, it dries out quickly. Yeah. Uh, you can make your own Play-Doh. It's only flour and water and something else. Off-brand Play-Doh. There's lots of off-brand Play-Doh, yeah. No, I want, I want the real, real deal. <laughs> the real deal. Authentic Play-Doh only at Watching Friends. Uh, yeah, so Phoebe is now off to the dentist. She's finally decided, you know, she can't take the pain anymore. And I'm getting real Final Destination vibes from this. Uh, as she tells the game to avoid basically everything that could kill them. Yeah, <laughs> just like just just lie in bed all day. Yeah, yeah. Watch out for that thing over there. Don't do cooking, Monica. Don't do this. Like you might die. Uh, Ross has to go into work though because some kids ruined the uh, the Homo Sapien display. Again, what is Ross's job? Is he like the, the janitor now? Like, what time of day is it? Because I can't figure out when he has to go into work and what he actually does. I feel like it's one of those weird, like, middle to upper management roles where he doesn't do any of the actual grunt work, but he has to supervise the grunt work, and it's his responsibility to make sure it's right. So if he doesn't do his job properly, his boss is going to, like, nail Ross for it. Because so, we've discussed this quite a few times, and you've kind of figured out, oh, he probably works in the back and writes papers and looks at dinosaur bones and yeah. whatever. Yeah, in this scene, he's like, he's got to go and fix the display because they've messed with, like, the mannequins and stuff. Yeah, my guess is, because the point of the museum probably not going to pay him to just sit and write papers all day, would be that he's in oversees the, the section. And then because the kids have messed it up and done things, the 
less qualified staff, let's call them, we go, oh, we need to fix this. But then Ross needs to start, sign it off essentially and be like, yes, that is how it should look. That, you know, homo sapien from this sense shouldn't have an electric razor um, yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever. Um, because he does get called in to like work with these, these emergencies quite often. I'm like, well, the, if the museum's shut, he can do it in the morning, right? Also, I've been to that museum. How did they get into the, the enclosure? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like the exhibit. Yeah, like... Well, well, Ross manages it with Rachel, when, but then he's got a key to go around the back, hasn't he? Like, yeah, just sneaking in. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have stolen way more dinosaur things when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's really odd about his job. I, I can't quite figure out when he goes in because he, he does go in odd times and a lot. I'd be saying to him, no, I'm, I'm home now. I'll come in in the morning and yeah, fix it. That's a just tomorrow wait. problem. Yeah. Uh, I really liked Joey and his Homo sapiens joke where he's like, you know, all the Homo sapiens, um, you know, got, uh, what's the joke? If they, like, it was like, if, they were, if they truly were Homo sapiens, is that why they're extinct? Yes, that's it. And it's just like, oh, it, it, it's one of those things that made me laugh. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, Joey's super dumb today. Well, at the same time, there were millions of people, and I'm not just going to say Americans, although that's probably more true, where you say Homo sapien and they hear the word Homo, and they immediately assume that means gay. It's like, no, no, every human being is a homo sapien. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, it's like, you know, in future seasons when we get homo erectus. And yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, it's, exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a dumb joke, but it, it's funny. I, I mean, the Simpsons have done similar jokes with, like, HMO. Yep. And they're like, you can't call him that. <laughs> so so I, I, I get it. So I don't think he's been dumb. Well, I guess he is being dumb, but at the same time, I, I can understand where he's coming from. Yeah, I, I guess well, being the nerds we are, I mean, not that Homo sapiens particularly, like, you know, difficult to grasp, but, you know, oh, like, oh okay, fine, Joe is dumb. But well, I, I imagine I, I, if you're, you're less into, you know, your words. of man, you yeah. Might, yeah, you might be like, oh, that seems like a very viable question. Well, I, d- I did like the way, you know, Ross, like, clarifies it. And then he's like, look, I'm not judging. Like, if they want to do that, yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's not judging at all. Like, I'm not prejudiced. So <laughs> yeah. I just want to know. Uh, Monica then offers to look after Ben, uh, but actually Rachel is wondering why she's not being asked. Would you let Rachel look after your child? Uh, yes. Really? Yeah, because she's bad at coffee, but I'm not the same thing. I feel like she would, she'd do a good job of looking after the I kid. I feel like she's bad at a lot of things. Yeah, but she's caring. I feel like the, the childcare is like the, the thing that of all the characters I'd be looking at, I'd be like, you know what? You can. In fact, I have the whole gang. Maybe okay. Phoebes. Right, let, let, let's change things. Would you let Rachel look after your comic book collection, which is almost like a child to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Exactly. There we go. There's the real answer. But that's because there's no emotional, like, there's no risk to, to Rachel. Like, so I feel like she'd get distracted or be painting her toenails and some, like, banana varnish would fall on spawn or something, and I'd be annoyed. But a baby, she's going to look after because it's alive? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think, like, that she could be painting her toenails and then the baby starts drinking the nail polish or whatever right like that <laughs> the equivalent could happen maybe i've just got more faith in our rachel green than everyone else i think so yes uh later on in the day uh rachel is entertaining ben with a spoon okay sure uh the thing i noticed though is they always put such like strange clothes on ben like they're way too big for him and he's got like this like belt on as well like they're not children's clothes they look like miniature adult clothes put on him <laughs> No, they just had some stuff lying around and went, this will do, he's barely in the Yeah, scene. it's just, uh, they dress him really strange on the show. They don't dress him like a child at all. Um, and then we have Monica throwing him about, which, you know, children love. They, they're they oddly, like, enjoyable, like, being thrown around. Yep. The, the amount of times I've been, like, 
entertaining like family friends and kids and stuff and i remember my jessica's brother had like some kind of religious ceremony and there was a giant party afterwards and like all the church kids came and naturally i was on the bouncing castle as a grown man um and all the kids decided the funniest game we could play is push the old man around and off the bouncing yeah. castle so naturally i'm like pushing the kids back and chucking him into well you're, the you're doing the thing of where you jump really high on the castle to make them pushed out right yeah which is like <laughs> 50% yes I'm entertaining the kids yeah. aren't I a lovely responsible adult <laughs> yeah. and part of it's like ha ha kid go high <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but doing that I pushed one of the kids and he tripped over another kid and like, did like 18 gumballs and <laughs> fell outside and then started to cry and I was, there's that awkward moment of like I've broken the child I'm, I'm gonna hide it wasn't me at all I wasn't here <laughs> yeah because yeah, I've, I've seen many parents uh, like even uh, one of our friends friends like throw, throw the child like spin them around like 360 degrees and stuff and you're like how, why are you doing that? Like one one slight mo- like miss like calculation, and that child's on the floor. Yeah, but but yeah, people pe- people fling their <laughs> fling yeah. their babies around a lot. Uh, but then she accidentally hits the ceiling in the apartment, uh, which of course we don't see because the apartment doesn't actually have a ceiling. No, nope. I thought uh, it was the crossbeam, like the we don't you don't you don't you don't, you don't see hits something can you? Yeah. Um, but you know the the baby Ben doesn't care, uh, but Monica is freaking out, which but, is generally the case for most children. Yeah, that's classic kids. You know, the kid falls down and waits for your reaction, and if you yeah. go, "Oh my god," they start to cry, and yeah. if you're like, "Carry on," they go, "Okay." You like to you hurt yourself? Does it hurt? No. You're like, okay. Yeah. If they're actually hurt, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, it's okay. The plan is not to tell Ross, and that's where we have our third clip. Let's just put him down. Come here, babe. Yes, you're such a good boy. How could you do that to him? Ross trusted me. What is he going to say? He's not going to say anything because we're not going to tell him. We're not? No, we're not. All right, I like that. So we're okay. We're okay. We're okay, aren't we? No, we're not okay. We're not okay. There's a bump. There's a bump. There's a bump. bump. Oh, my God. Push it in. Push it in. I cannot push it in. Okay. We're gonna need a distraction. Okay. That's it. Okay. I got it. Okay. The second that Ross walks in that door, yeah. I want you to take him back to your bedroom and you do whatever it is that you do that makes him go Ree! So it's not related at all, really. And I guess we'll consider it another tangent. But Rachel's top in this episode really reminds me of an X-Men uniform <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> from like Grant Morrison's run. I just remember like a cover where they're all in like, this kind of weird, very kind of early 2000s black outfit with like an X on the chest where Rachel's weird crosses. Right. Um, and I was like, oh. Grandma Ross's X Men run, and that, that's it. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's end of tangent. But I'm like, oh, Rachel's an X Men today. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so, following on from our clip, uh, how are they going to cover his bump? Well, I guess they could get a hat to cover it. That's a, that's a good good way to cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, though, Rachel has Rainy Day Bear, whose hat they can use. Rainy Day Bear is awesome. Yeah, I want a Rainy Day Bear. <laughs> I'm sure it exists. It's great. Uh, I did like the way they're like, oh, you know, we need to dress him up in the whole thing to make sure it, it matches. Like, is it going to be a bit weird with the hat otherwise? It makes sense now. Um, I love how, like, Monica just rips the head off of a rainy day bear and yeah. all of a sudden Rachel's like, it's a bloodbath in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Well, the, the, there's a bit in the in the show where she's like, you know, just push it back in. It's like, you can't push a bump back in. <laughs> and I could just imagine you pushing in and just appearing somewhere yeah, else. Right? Like you just, like, just <laughs> yeah. slide the spell in across his head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just assume children's anatomies are like cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> like just press one side and pops yep, out the Exactly. Other. That's how I'm thinking about it. 
Uh, we're on the streets, though, with the guys, so Chandler and Joey, and they walk past a jeweler's window, and Chandler's thinking of getting something special from the store. Uh, Joey makes a joke, you know, oh, you know, I'd, I'd prefer something else, right? Which yeah. I think is fair. Um, he wants to basically get uh, an item for Janice. So, yeah, Joey's now going to try and stop him. And I think that's quite a good friend. Like, it's difficult because he's got to be like, no, no, don't get Janice. Like, get, get her a pen with a, a clock on it or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, he says, like, you know, stationery and stuff. Um, at this point, though, he has to tell Chandler what's going on because it's getting too awkward. Like, because he knows that Chandler's going to go in and spend a lot of money and he's, he's looking out for his friend. Yeah, I think it's one of those where I wouldn't want to tell my friend and I would hope the person did the right thing. But in this kind of situation, you'd have to intercede because Chandler's, I mean, it's a jewellery store and my brain would always go, uh-oh, engagement ring. And yeah. I'm like, you're about to drop a lot of money on the ring for someone that I know has been, you know, untrue. And I'd be like, dude, I need to tell you something, man. Yeah. You shouldn't buy this ring because she did this. Uh, so that's what he does. You know, he saw Janice kissing her ex. Chandler is in denial at this point, though, and you've, you've really got to feel... For him at this moment. Yeah, I mean, especially given how the context of current Janice and Chandler, where Chandler's like all in and he's on board. And he's he's broken through the commitment tunnel. Yeah, he's broken through. <laughs> and yeah, it, it just sucks. It's just one of those situations that you really, really feel for Chandler because you're like, you've, you've been in a similar, you may have been in a similar situation, I have, and it's just like, oh, I know how that feels. And it just, it's well, just crushing. It's, 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 m- Made worse by the fact that it's not a slow build-up. It's, hey, I'm with my girlfriend who I absolutely adore and everything's great and things are moving and I'm committed and we've had our discussions and it's all cool. To very suddenly Joey just going, oh, yeah, she kissed someone else. Like, it's not a, a slow decline or anything and he's a, kind of aware of things going on. It is, you know, just out of nowhere for him. Yeah, totally. Uh, we're then back at Monica's. Ben is now fully dressed up in the uh, rainy day bear outfit. He looks quite... Good in that? Yeah, it, uh, it fits. <laughs> I, I kind of wish, you know, we had like those outfits. That's like, you, I, do you remember like the umbrellas that were transparent and stuff? Mm-hmm. Like the hats transparent. So I was like, yeah, that'd be quite cool to, to wear. Like, do you want a rainy day bit outfit, Mark? Not quite that, but like, you know, like a, a, a water jacket that is transparent. So like you can look nice underneath. Instead of look, like most proof jackets are quite garish, aren't they? They're like yeah. purple and greens and made for being rugged and outdoors. It's like, no, I want to wear the transparent thing like let's let me see my clothes while yeah. i stay dry yeah I, I guess it kind of reminds me of like disney world in a way you know where you'd have your emergency poncho <laughs> yeah and they're generally transparent i can think of one moment in my life where i would have absolutely adored to have a full-on rainy day bear outfit there's a time when you and i were in london and it was just a torrential <laughs> yes. downpour and we got so wet i had to go buy new pants yeah from we, we've, we've discussed that in a previous yeah. episode and it was just mental but i, I like the idea of being in like a big cozy Raincoat yes. and hat and giant wellies, and I'm more like, haha, element, I'm safe. Like, yeah. I don't know. Oh, no, 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 definitely. Like, when you when you have an umbrella and you've got like uh, a big puffer jacket sort of thing going on, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I can feel the cold on my face, but everything else is great. Yeah, same as when you're in the house and you've got a cup of tea and a book, and you've slightly cracked the window during the thunderstorm, <laughs> you can hear the rain, and, yeah. and you're like, yeah. And you're, you're like Joey standing in front of your waterfall window. It's, this is why I'm glad I don't live in front of a bus stop. Because I know the British in me would be sat by the window and seeing all these people getting soaked, and I'd be like, "Do you guys want to come in until the bus gets there?" <laughs> I'd be like letting strangers into my living room, giving them cups of tea and custard creams. Like, oh no, you missed the bus. Don't worry, the next one will be uh, in next ten one minutes. Next one will be in ten minutes. It's fine. You know, you dry yourself off over there. Put your put your coat on the radio. Just because I feel horrible that I'm sat in the warm and they're they're getting soaked. Just staring at them. 
so yeah, so he's fully dressed up and Phoebe has come back from the dentist and no one is dead yet. Yet. Uh, and now we have our very next clip, clip four. Oh my God. He just said my name. Did you hear that? Say Monica Bang? Uh -huh. Oh my god, he's gonna rat me out! Monica Bang. Oh. <laughs> sweetie, no. sweetie, you need to stop saying that now. That's no big deal. It's not even worth mentioning. You see, we all do it all the time. See, watch this. Ben, Ben, Ben. Ow! Monica Bang! Everybody bang! Ben Bang! Rachel Bang! Bang, Rachel Bang! So yeah, the the headboard bit—that's that's such a great joke. Yeah, it's my joke of the show. Like, <laughs> oh, I've got to I've got to go and find the thing now. You set me up for it. Here we go. My joke. My joke. It it's funny because it's so quick and it's so almost ignored by the show as well. It, it's not like this big long pause for a laugh. It's just she says it. We move on. Yeah, it's it's just you know it's it's just not worth it. It's and, not a headboard. And it's it's a joke that you know when back in the day I'm just curious. Like, did we get that joke back in the day? I mean, I can't remember. How old I was when the episode would have aired, but yeah, I, I think you just go past it. Go, oh, okay. Like, yeah, she's banged her head and whatever. Yeah, and maybe we we're like young and innocent. We'd be like, yes, bouncing on the bed is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much what right. they're doing, Ryan. Uh, ben, like all children, will repeat everything you don't want them to. Uh, so this is where he can't stop saying Monica Bang, and the girls just—they literally do make it worse by making a big deal out of it and hitting their heads on things. So, of course, he's going to tell Ross now. Yeah, he's like, oh, I said this, and a reaction happened. Yes. I'll do it again. Yeah, when, when kids swear, you need to just say, don't do that. If you start laughing at them or getting really over-exaggerated with it, then they're like, oh, I get reactions out of this, I'm going to do it more. Yeah. So especially younger children, and even babies. Like Babies definitely react to you. Like, when you pull a face at them, like they, they, they pull a laugh, and they think it's funny, p perhaps... Or perhaps they're laughing because you're pulling the face and being like, if I laugh, they will do that thing again. So, yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is, and maybe I should be more mature than this, but kids swearing is hilarious. <laughs> there's a really, really, really famous clip of a little Australian dad looking out of a window, and there's a goat. And he's like, it's a I mean, goat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his mom's like, no, it's just a goat. And he goes, no, it's a mm -hmm. goat. <laughs> it just tickles me, even just thinking about it. It is just funny. But yeah, so they if they had said absolutely nothing I don't think he would have brought it up again but where they're going to get you know Monica bangs everybody bangs Rachel bangs like, yeah, now yeah. it's a game yeah Let's now he's going to definitely mention it to Ross uh, you put in the notes that you think Monica bang is just a classic line yeah I used to stub my toe and go ah Monica bang because <laughs> it, it just makes me laugh I don't know why but no one's what just gets in your head and he's always funny yep. which is one of those friends things that just kind of as well like Unagi and different different friend quotes that me and my sister would just kind of randomly pull out at times to me that was one of them I'm like ah Monica bang oh yeah because they're they're not catchphrases they're just funny sayings I guess yeah. And and I guess I guess you need to know the scene as well cuz if you just go up to someone and go Monica Bang they're like what? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's the it's the same with like pivot. As soon as you shout pivot yeah. like it's not the word it's the whole 
everything else that has gone on for that whole scene. Yeah, Pivot is probably the, the friend's meme, to be yeah. fair. Um, you can't move anything without someone shouting Pivot at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, at the boy's apartment, Chandler is sort of reading a book, uh, staring at the short door when Janice <laughs> enters. Just that, that stare, the, you know, the only way they could have made it better is if the lights were basically off. Yeah, and as she walked in, yeah. on they went. And, and I've always imagined, like, because you see this a lot in TV shows where just someone just sitting in the dark waiting for someone to come home. Like, if I tried that, after about five minutes, I'd be like, kind of bored now. I'd fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you put me in a chair in the dark, I'm asleep. Yeah, I, I couldn't sit there just waiting for someone to come back to, to have a go at them. Uh, so, yeah, so Janice enters, and, you know, she's not feeling guilty yet, but Chana is going to make it awkward for her. And just comes out with what he knows. And this is our fifth clip of the episode. How's my ding-a-ling? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Anything you, uh, want to tell me? Because if you, uh, you should, if you, you tell me. Why are your eyes so wide? You tell me. Maybe it's because I was just fooling around with my ex. Oh, no, 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 that was you. Oh, my God. All right. How did you know? Joey told me he saw you two kissing. In the park? No, in his office. How many kisses were there? Just those two. But what, why? What, why? Why? Why was there kissing? There should be no kissing. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I'm so, so... Ha! I'm so, so sorry. I just, ha! But I, oh, what happened was I, I can't, I can't breathe. Can you get me a, a bag or yeah. something? Here, here. There. It's the receipt. I'll take it. So, yeah, turns out there wasn't just one kiss. There was the park as well. Yeah, I, I, I like the way... You know, she's she puts herself in it. Everyone always does this when they're caught in a lie, where they're like, at the park? It's like, no, no, you should have not said anything, Janice. Should have just gone, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then, obviously, when Chandler goes, was there more than that? She quickly shuts up. I think there was more than twice. Maybe. I don't... I mean, I'm overly... I mean, I wouldn't be in this situation, but I'd have to... Once I get caught, I'd have to come entirely clean. Like, there could have been 412 kisses, <laughs> and I would... I'd be like, there was more than... You, you wouldn't want to know. Like, you wouldn't want to sit there and go, so it's when we got off uh, Madison Square Garden, yeah. and then they were like, you don't want to list. No. But at the same time, I'd be like, yeah, it was more than once. Now, Janice is hyperventilating... And she's making horse uh, noises like a horse dying. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. Uh, but, you know, Chandler has to know, does she want to be of Chandler or her ex? Now, I really love assertive Chandler here. Uh, he's grown as a person. But Janice can't choose. She's like, she wants both of them. Uh, and I've been in this situation once before where, where you know, a girl has like, cheated on me and I'm like, well, who is it? And she's like, doesn't want to answer. And I think Chandler pretty much does the right thing here. it's like well you should just bow out yeah like that there it's never gonna work if, if if someone is cheating on you and they can't choose like yeah it's kind of gutting you're kind of like giving up something and someone else is going to win in a sense but you know you're never going to win in this situation i mean i don't think i could ever stay with someone who had cheated yes um i mean i have a fairly you know inflexible view on the situation so it wouldn't be like oh it was just a kiss i'd be like nope broke the rule game over like it was just i don't think i could 
I don't think I, I know myself enough to know I don't think I'd trust someone after that. I mean, maybe. exactly. That. And I think that's the, the point, isn't it? Like, if, if they're like, oh, I can't choose between either of you, and you're like, well, I'm going to stay with you. It's like, well, they're still going to choose the other person too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, well but what would, what would the situation be when Chandler's like, oh, what are you doing today? And she's like, oh, I'm going to go see the Mattress King because I've got to pick up the, the baby. And you're like, yeah. don't kiss him then. <laughs> I mean, like, like, yeah. Would you be able to let it go? I don't know. I don't think I would. No. Uh, so, yeah, I. I feel like in the past, Chanda wouldn't have acted like this. He would have been like, he acts at the end of the episode of like, you know, pick me, be with me. And he's like, no, like, you need to make a choice. Like, he, he has, like, grown up over the last, like, couple of series, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later because I have some very strong feelings on the end of this episode. Uh, we're back at Monica's. Uh, she's bribing Ben with ice cream to not tell Ross. No, that's not going to work. You're making it worse again. You don't negotiate with terrorists. No, no exactly right. <laughs> like, how long could baby Ben keep this going for? Like, he's 17. Oh, you better buy me some beer or I'll tell dad that Monica bang. Like, like, the thing is, like, children do not manipulate you until a certain age. And I don't think Ben's at the age where he understands bribery. And so he's just going, mm, ice cream. Yep. Like, he could be offered anything and he'll be like, yeah, it's great. He's not going to be like, okay, you gave me ice cream. I'm definitely not going to tell dad this. Like, at, at his age and what he's saying, he cannot manipulate you he's no. just he's just repeating things like a parrot almost like you should just accept that you're doomed because at some point well there's a bump there so ross is gonna see yeah. it so just accept it but no so ross comes back he's excited to see ben uh when ben says monica bang uh-oh uh-oh indeed uh Phoebes is excited as no one has died uh except joey has noticed ugly naked guy isn't moving uh he hasn't moved for hours uh It'd be creepy to call an ambulance for their neighbour they stare at, apparently. Apparently, yep. Uh, I don't think it would be. I feel like, yeah, you should be like, hey, my neighbour doesn't seem to be moving a lot. They're quite overweight. Someone should check on them. I think they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Joey has a bright idea to, to poke him to see if he's dead, <laughs> which is far less creepy than calling an ambulance for them. Way more fun, though. Oh, definitely. Class is back in session, and HyperX has the grade A gear you need for dorm life, remote classes, and for schooling folks online. Shop the HyperX back-to-school deals going on now at HyperX.com to help make your return to student life a breeze. Comfortable cloud headsets can keep you focused in as you cram for finals with some lo-fi beats, and stay productive with lightweight Pulsefire mice, responsive alloy keyboards, and more. Keep your GPA and your KDA high with HyperX products and accessories. Take a time machine back to before the world went to hell, around the year 2000. The 80s and 90s were so rad. The movies, the music, the TV, the games, that's what I want to talk about. If you're cool enough, join us and listen to Less Than 2000, because that's all we talk about. Adam and Chad live Less Than 2000, now part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Class is back in session, and HyperX has the grade A gear you need for dorm life, remote classes, and for schooling folks online. Shop the HyperX back-to-school deals going on at hyperx.com to help make your return to student life a breeze. Comfortable cloud headsets can help keep you focused in as you cram for finals with some lo-fi beats and stay productive with lightweight pulse fire mice, responsive alloy keyboards and more. Keep your GPA and your KDA high with HyperX products and accessories. Come on in, take a seat, what are you having? Well, of course I've heard of Hair at the Dogcast. That's the podcast that talks about video games and beer. For all of the latest gaming headlines, craft beer reviews, retro games, modern games, series retrospectives, console studies, 
and on occasion, extremely hungover discussions on the lore of Kingdom Hearts, make sure to check out Hair of the Dogcast, part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Uh, back at Chandler's, he's playing darts. Uh, he's angry. Now, Joey's door is uh, filled with holes at this point. Like, Chandler's not a good darts player. <laughs> There's many yeah. in the door right there. Uh, Joey arrives to collect all the chopsticks the guys never use when they order Chinese food. Um, I guess they're kind of like a fork and spoon sort of guys. I feel like you'd be like that. Uh, no, I would. I would. I went for sushi uh, for the first time while I was in Amsterdam last, and I was determined to use the chopsticks. Yeah, it's fun. And you know what I'm like? I was just like, no, I will do this. I don't care if it takes me four hours to eat this one piece. I'm going to do so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was. It, it takes a lot of practice, and it depends on the chopsticks you're given and stuff. But no, uh, using them is fun. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was a deft hand at it, but you know, I got the food in my face. <laughs> Just poke the chopstick into you the know, food. There was that classic, like I've got it halfway towards my face, and there's a wobble, and I'm like, yeah. wait, mid <laughs> ah! <it> halfway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the guys are going to be fashioning a very long poking device, and that's where we get our next clip. I talked to Janice. Oh my God, is she going back to him? She doesn't know. She says she loves us both. You know, I woke up this morning, I was in love. You know, I was happy. You know, it serves me right for buying that 12-pack of condoms. <laughs> and now I can't even return them because she choked in the receipt. <laughs> what are you, uh, what are you gonna do? I don't know. You know, what, what would you do? Uh, it doesn't matter what I'd do. Come on, come on, tell me. All right, you're uh, probably not going to want to hear this, but uh, if it was me, and this is just me, I would, uh, I would bow out. What? <laughs> What are, you, what are you talking about? They have a kid together, you know? They're like, they're like a family. And if, I don't know, if there's a chance they can make that work, I know I wouldn't want to be the guy who stood in the way of that. So yeah, Chandler was happy in the morning and now he's miserable. So he turns to, to Joey for some advice. Uh, I, it seems kind of odd to me how everyone turns to Joey, considering he's the guy who has all the one-night stands, never a relationship, um, is considered dumb, I guess. Yeah, they always go to him for, for the sage advice. It is weirdly inconsistent because they present Joey at times, like this kind of gad about town who doesn't care about the women he sleeps with and isn't going to call them. But then at the same time, treat him like he's got a heart of gold he, he's very sensitive right yeah and i'm like i don't necessarily think they're too you know they're mutually exclusive i think he could be both um but yeah it is weird it's kind of like joey's sensitive today oh and now he's a player tomorrow and it's, it's a bit up and down but yeah. at the same time joey doesn't want a relationship at this point no exactly you've got to remember he's you know not 30 yet i think that's fair we, that, that's the thing when you look at them and especially like some of the relationships they've already had you kind of think of them as being older and now in the mid-90s, um, maybe getting married like in your 20s was considered the norm. I f whereas looking at it now, like getting married in your 20s is probably not the norm. It's probably mid-30s now is considered getting closer to the norm. Yeah. 
So it's, it's, it depends on the time you, you look back on it on, I guess. Um, and this is where Joey suggests that Chandler gives up on Janice. And I, I think he's right in this situation, as I already discussed. Like, it's, it's going to be tough for Chandler. And certainly Joey is tiptoeing around it because he knows Chandler's not going to react well to this advice because most people don't react well to something that they don't want to do. No, fair. Uh, but yeah, I think it's the, the best advice that he could give. I, what I find really sweet about this advice is that it's taking the other people into consideration and not yeah. Chandler. It's not, what do you want to do? What's best for you? I'm concerned for you. It's their... They they are married because obviously Joey, especially if he's like Italian American heritage, they traditionally tend to take marriage and vows really seriously. So even if there is a hiccup along the way, you're married, you stick it out, you yeah. swore the vow, which I I find quite sweet. Like it's part of the reason why I'll probably never get married because if I swear the vow, I'm going to mean it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really sweet that Joey's like, you know what? There's this, and then yeah, it's it's not just some random guy. It's you know her ex husband she's been with for years. They have a child together. Like, we don't know the situation of why, the, why it wasn't really working out between them. Yeah, and it's, it, I guess it's the context is also helps in the sense of if they were just dating and they didn't have all that history and then she kissed someone else. Like, obviously, Janice and Chandler have got history, but mm. then she's got a husband and a kid. Like, I feel like, I don't know if it's less in the sting, but it's not some random person on a night out. It's this person they've got this huge chunk of their life with. And I, I'd bow out mostly because I'd be like, well, the trust is ruined now, so... yeah. But but Joey's right, like, you know, if they get him a chance to have a proper family, which is a little bit odd because Joey's the one who had a proper family growing up, like his dad was always there. He didn't find out about his, like, dad's infidelity until much older. Yeah. And Chandler, as we find out later on in, in, on in, the, in the episode, uh, did have all these kind of issues with, like, you know, his dad leaving yep. uh, and, like, the cheating going on in the relationship and stuff like that and, you know, kind of hating that situation yeah well i mean it's only the overlap that makes it dramatic i guess in the sense of if if janice had just got you know what i still care about my husband i'm leaving you chandler and they're getting back together you'd be like okay there's no real drama here other than chandler being a bit sad um so obviously we need the drama because it's tv um but yeah it's a very it's it's not a straightforward situation as oh someone cheated while my brain would look at it as black and white in that sense i think emotionally you'd be like well this is why it happened. And you, you, not that ex- and I've always said that an explanation isn't an excuse. But an explanation, I think, goes a long way to making things hurt less. Yes, definitely. And I really do like how in the show, you know, not everyone has perfect relationships. Every character has a different thing going on. And it isn't just like a trait for them. They really tie it into the story. Like here, they've tied it into Chandler, either like on purpose or accidentally. But it all just works nicely. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, well, we've got like a callback here to like Chandler's actual life. And yeah, like it, feel, it feels very real because yeah, that's going to affect Chandler way differently than if it happened to Joey. Because, yeah. you know, he doesn't have all this baggage from it happening to his parents, whereas Chandler does. And it changes the, the tone of the story entirely. And I really like that about the show. Yeah. And I think at this point in the show, Janice has been handled like an actual character and not a punchline or a joke. Yeah. Like in later seasons, you know, you get, oh my God. And then you're like, okay, Janice is a punchline. Now. Or you get a girl who appears for, you know, just one episode and, you know, the joke is that she does something weird. Yeah. Like if I try to think of all the people that people have dated, to me, Janice is more in the category of Richard where she felt yeah. like a part of the show. She wasn't just, oh, we need this person here. Like drunk Bobby, for instance. I don't really care. 
Like, if he wasn't in Friends, I don't think I'd miss him. But fun was. Bobby, not drunk Bobby. But yeah, I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> I mean, same difference. <laughs> but but no, you're right because yeah. Whenever I thought of Janice previously, I was just like, oh yeah, she's the one that comes along, just goes, oh my god, and then disappears again. But actually, no, there is like a lot of depth to to her character, especially in these early seasons. Yeah. That I guess you kind of forget because they don't write her out the show. But after this point, you see her a lot less. Mm-hmm. She just pops up for quick moments here and there. Uh, yeah, there, there's. It's not for me quite on level of richer because she's not in the episodes long enough. But yeah, you're right. Like she has a relationship with Chandler. It happens over many episodes. It's just we don't see yeah, quite enough of it. But to me, she feels like she's she's there in the same way that Richard was. Yeah, not to the same degree, but similar enough for me to put them in the same category. Back at Monica's, uh, Ross has actually noticed Ben's bump. Uh, poor Rachel though, because Ross thinks she wasn't paying attention. Like you know. Everything he thought about her has come true. Uh, except, thankfully, Rachel throws Monica under the bus. And we get a cruel joke from Ross, and that's our next clip. Now about that uh, bump on his head. Are you, are, you, uh, are you sure it's a new bump? I mean, no offense, but I've always thought of Ben as a fairly bumpy-headed child. Uh, <laughs> it's okay if he bumps his head. Kids bump their heads all the time, you know? It was your first time babysitting. I'm sure you did the best you could. I did. I know. You're saying you have to watch them all the time. I did. I watched. I watched. I watched Monica bang his head against that thing. Monica did it? <clears throat> Monica? Um, yeah. did you notice anything weird about, about Ben today? No, why? Well, I was just playing with him, and, you know, we were doing the alphabet song, which he used to be really good at, but suddenly he's leaving out E and F. It's like they just, uh, I don't know, fell out of his head. Really? Oh, and also, he's, he's walking kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, it's like his, his left leg is moving a lot faster than his right leg. Yeah, he's in there, just sort of, you know... Like, this is cruel, but I think it's extremely funny. Like, it's, it's the thing you kind of have to do to people to, to teach them a lesson. And I think Monica does need to be taught a lesson. One, to not lie. Yeah. She should have told Ross, hey, had a little accident. Uh, it was my fault. Didn't mean to do it. Sibling, the only reason this joke works and isn't outright hideous and yeah. horrible is because they're siblings. Yes, if Rachel had done it, it probably would be... A bit more horrible, right? Well, they should just be upsetting Rachel for, for no reason and she'd take it the way she took it. And you wouldn't have the same recovery. Rachel would just be like, why did you do that? Why have you... Like, you know how I feel about Oh, another Ross and Rachel argument right yeah. there, yeah. And same with the boys. I mean, they left him on the bus. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't think... I mean, because they're siblings, they've got a relationship that's strong enough to withstand a cruel joke. And I'm pretty sure in, uh, you know, four years growing up, there were many, many horrible things said to each other yeah. that you get away with in the sphere of, you know, like, sibling affection and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, otherwise it would just be hideously horrible. But hopefully Monica has learnt her lesson and she won't uh, hide any of this from Ross in future and will try not to throw Ben up into the ceiling. Yeah, hopefully she hurts Ben less. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> call him out. Hi, Ross. Yeah, he's broke his leg and I scalded him with the kettle yeah. and he's ate some rat poison. <laughs> like, no, just, just <laughs> hurt him less. At Central Perk, uh, Chandler needs to talk to Janice. Not really the best place to have this sort of discussion. Uh, I would say it depends on who you're with and who you're dating. 
So, okay. yeah. I feel, is, I feel like uh, this is more of a private matter and you don't really want to have this kind of discussion in a public place where, one, oh, people are going to hear you and see. And also, if you want to be emotional, it's kind of difficult. Well, at the risk of sounding slightly sexist, I think it's a very different situation for a man, for the most part, for a man breaking up with a woman and the other way around. Because traditionally, women don't react violently to things and men can and there can be a lot of aggression. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you're a woman breaking up with a guy, it may feel safer to do so in public because in theory, their reaction will be somewhat tempered by the fact that they're in public. Whereas if I guess it depends on the guy as well, though. Like I'd like to hope that neither of us would act like that. Well, I just, just, I'm not necessarily that they might, but it's just there's the fear that they could. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a bit of overshare, but when Jess left, I was very upset and put my fist for a wall. No, that's not behavior that's remotely indicative of who I am as a person, but I was in a very extreme situation and would never have hurt her in a million years. And I think she and everyone knows that. But at the same time, I wouldn't have put my fist through the wall at Central Park. No. But at home, that was that was my that was where I felt safe and it was where we were together yeah. and it was, oh my God, I need the reaction and I did that. So I think that in public can help provided that it's like an element of safety of there are people around that if this does go sideways, even if it's the last thing you'd ever imagine, it makes sense. So I think it's yeah, it's it's doable. Do, do do you think that uh, Janice is going to hit John? I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the wide her. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he punched her once accidentally, but no, I don't. I just think it's it's one of the situations where it can help downplay things because you, it's not as raw and in the privacy of your own home. Even if it wasn't going to get no, aggressive, that's the emotion is going to be ten times more raw in your house where you've shared many a moment and have all these memories. It's going to hurt more there than having the kind of the temper of, oh, we're in public. I mean, maybe it's a British thing, and we're like, can't make a scene, we're in public. Yeah. So, you know, you go, mm -hmm, broken, heartbreak, I will go home, put the kettle on, and then cry for two hours. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's just the British in me, but I feel like in public makes it a little bit easier. Because I just think of the joke from Shoot Drama where, where Bender's like, you know, I, I want to break up to be as memorable as it is devastating. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, Chandler was the child of parents who broke up because of some other guy, and he doesn't want to be that guy, which described a bit earlier and i think that's fair like you don't want to get in the way of anything really and, and whether they have a child together or not like you know you don't want to be the person who's in the middle because you're never going to win i mean to me this is one of the best written things in friends yeah like it's so heartfelt uh you know he he does like, such a great job at acting this like you really feel the emotion coming out of it yeah, like even if Chandler could get past the trust issue and that trust, you know, could be rebuilt, the idea that he would always carry this guilt with him that, you know, Janice's son is going to see him as that other guy yeah. that, and that he did. And I'm like, it, it's so unexpected. Not that Friends isn't deep, but this is so kind of deep and characterful and from Chandler during a relationship breakup where he's normally not remotely kind of together or sensible i guess yeah um i'm just blown every time i'm see i'm just blown away but i'm like oh my god we've actually got some like character depth going on and because chandler's similar to you and i he'll make jokes at everything and seeing serious heartfelt sincere chandler was like oh my god this is impactful well especially as you talk to people and be like is friends a comedy yes it is if you went is friends a serious thing about relationships i think most people would be like no no like there's relationships and it's just like hearted fun it's like no no there is lots of serious things happening like certainly with um, Monica and Richard, you know, Chandler and Janice. Uh, I assume you can put Ross and Rachel in there a little bit. I guess. Uh, there's certainly a lot of stuff with Monica and Chandler that happens later on that's very devastating, right? I, and I kind of think that people forget that it does do these moments and it does them really, really well. Yeah, it doesn't do them for long, thankfully. No. 
um, because I think the tone of the show would be different. But when it does them, it does them brilliantly. And credit to Matthew Perry, who you know is often seen as like he's the funny guy, and yeah. you know, it was always funny. And then he, he pulls like this performance that that's sensational. Yeah. And certainly we see it with uh, Joey later on. You know, like his heartbreak over relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Matthew Perry does a, such a fantastic job. Like you really believe like the pain. Yeah. There. And it's also the the maturity, like you said earlier, like mm. Chandler's grown up and he's, you know, he's broke through the tunnel. It just the idea that he's actually taken this heartfelt look at what life would be like if they got past this point and he's having to make this horrible decision. Because there's nothing worse than breaking your own heart. Like having your heart broken is terrible, but having to be the person that, you know, ends it and breaks it because it's not gonna work. That's could, almost worse. Could you feel like you're the one making a mistake there, potentially? Whereas if the choice is made for you, you can't control it. Whereas you're like, well, should I have done that? What if I'd done this? Maybe things would be better, so especially later on, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've only didn't. I mean, I've only had two proper relationships. One ended with a lesbian, which you know we all know, uh, and the other one I I ended because it, it was a terrible relationship. Looking back, but at the time it didn't seem all that bad. No. But when I ended it, the only reason I knew it was the right choice was because when I said the words, my whole body went. Oh, I just relaxed afterwards. Yeah. Like that was definitely the right choice. Um, but that's not always going to be the case. Because you you have to think that Chandler in his early twenties, if he broke up with a woman, he's just like. Probably like most people in their early 20s, just like, oh, well, I'm kind of sad. But then you just kind of forget and move on very quickly. But as you get older, I think like those connections get a bit deeper. Yeah. And he's feeling something a bit different now rather than just like, oh, it's just an end of relationship. It's losing something more now. Yeah, I think it's always difficult when a relationship ends not because of a lack of feeling. Like mm. they've not fallen out of love in a sense, Janice, you know, still says that she, she loves them both and, you know, says that Chandler's her soulmate. And it's a very deep, intense conversation. And it's a very awkward thing about, I guess, human interaction where you can have a relationship that's not working, but still have every single feeling you had at the start or the middle. It can still be there at the end, but it just isn't going to work. But before Janice can say goodbye, she needs to say how she feels about Chandler. <sighs> like, she really shouldn't have done this because now Chandler wants her back. I, I get, I get what she's trying to do. She's trying to put a positive spin and show like some caring and niceness to it. But at this point in time, like you, he doesn't need to hear this. I don't think it's deliberate on Janice's part, but I think it's incredibly selfish. Yeah, because she, she, you know, she committed the foul. She, you know, betrayed Chandler, and then Chandler's explaining why it's not going to work. And it isn't actually because she kissed her ex-husband. It's because of the, the stuff he mentions and, you know, ruining that chance for happiness for them. And I feel like she should have had the grace at that point or, if you know, found the grace at that point to not unburden herself with these feelings because you're now telling the person that's ending it and, you know, having to essentially give you up so they can be happy in themselves a bunch of stuff that they're not going to want to hear. Like, they don't need to be told that you're still in love with them no. and that, that you're... I mean, especially saying... I mean, I don't believe in souls, but they're like, oh, you're a soulmate. And it's like... But- yeah, but you're leaving me for someone else. That, like, yeah, that's the, the worst thing anyone can ever say. It's like, oh, we're soulmates, but I'm going to be with them. It's like, well, you've just said something that contradicts what you're doing. Yeah, and just just don't just... just If you do feel that way, fine. I'm not saying you, you yeah. can't. Tell your mate about it. Talk to your friend. Talk to your shrink. I don't know, but don't unburden yourself at the person that's made this horrible decision and had the strength to do so it just to me this seems selfish but again i don't think janice did it on purpose i just kind of wish she hadn't done it no you i almost wonder if it's uh people want what they can't have and so she's been told that she can't have him so she in her mind is like well i'm gonna make it so he does want me whether she actually does want him or not she's gonna make it so 
He no, does. Again, I don't think it's vindictive. I just think it's... No, no, it's just like, like a... Like, Chandler's been heartfelt and explained, and I now need to be... I guess she feels like she owes it to Chandler to explain how she feels, mm. even though it's not changing the situation. Like, it's almost like Janice forgets that she's being broken up with and not doing yes. the breaking up. She's like, well, I'll tell you this. And so, well, why? Why have you just unburdened this to Chandler, which isn't going to have a positive impact? Because she already feels like, I love her, I'm not going to be with her for this reason. And now he's going to be at home thinking... Oh, I love her. I'm not with her for this reason, but she says she's still. That's so confusing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially like I'm sure we've all had relationships where they're, they're broken up with you, but they'll be like, "Oh, you know, you're such a great person. We had a great time together, and you know, you're you're really attractive." And you're like, "Why are you break out me then if you're saying all this stuff?" Yeah, like, okay, and you're gone because <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a bit odd. But uh, I really love the woman in the background, though. Did you notice her? Uh, I didn't initially but when i'd read your podcast notes and then rewatched the episode i did <laughs> so i just looked out for it so so there's a woman in the background uh, and she's sitting with someone else she's putting these extreme faces the whole time um and it and it really made me laugh like she's like so absolutely disgusted by what's going on she's clearly eavesdropping mm-hmm. uh clearly overreacting just or overacting, overacting yeah, maybe sure. uh yeah just the faces she's just like i i kind of want her to just get up and just walk over there and just be like have something to say like she is that upset at what's going on rather than being in the background and kind of probably ignoring the conversation yeah like her look of outrage is so severe that you'd almost think she should morally be interjecting in the situation like yeah you know she can see Chandler trying to hold onto Janice and then let her go and then he steals her shoe and you can't go I've got your shoe and then <laughs> if you're gonna have that level of emotion on your face I feel like you should get off your stool and do something <laughs> yeah it's, it is almost like she knows Janice or Chandler at this point uh, so yeah, so keep an eye out for her if you rewatch this episode. Uh, Chandler does pull off one of Janice's shoes, but she leaves without it. I absolutely hate this scene. They they ruined it by doing that by do, by taking it down. Chandler Chandler's had all this growth, and then the episode they just got no. We're going to go back to square one where Chandler's a weirdly neurotic, <sighs> yes. obsessive, possessive freak about the whole thing. And I feel like if Janice had said what she said, they'd hugged. He got up and left. Bam! Like with Emmy winning a scene, they would have mm. been phenomenal. But we, we 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 play it for comedy, and yeah, Friends is a comedic sitcom. That's the point. But I feel like at times you cannot play it for comedy and just have this really heartfelt moment. And it would have been a, a better legacy for that episode of Chandler as a character than oh look now he's stolen a shoe. Yeah, like he's he's grown and he he should be assertive, and that's how it should have ended. Because they do come back to this in a later episode where. Janice goes, oh, just one more moment of weakness and kisses Chandler again. And like everyone laughs because he's squirming to get off her. At the same time, you're like, no, there's like there's humor in it because of what's happening. But at the same time, it, it works for, for the scene and the character. Yeah. Whereas this, the the humor, I don't even know if it's the humor that's, that's the issue with it. It is the whole, you know, he's just cracked and crumbled and just been going back to begging. Yeah. And it's, Whereas I'd rather it be like he's strong and like, look, don't want to be with you. I can't. Yeah, I do mean, this. We didn't write the show, but I don't feel like Chandler as a character deserved this scene. The end of the no. scene. I feel like it was a complete disservice to the growth with Sin, and it just doesn't ruin the episode for me. But it it's it's just it's just thirty seconds too much of scene. Yeah, should have cut earlier. But we do get a fantastic joke in classic Gumpher, uh, where he just goes up to Chandler and goes. 
Rachel has the same shoes in Burgundy. Yeah. <laughs> Gunther's back to being creepy. <laughs> it's like a five-minute diatribe, but it's an episode about yeah. how you're like, let's justify Gunther's feelings for Rachel. Yeah. And I'm like, and you've ruined it, Gunther. Well, well done. Is, is it creepy, though? Like, he works for the whole time. He's noticed her shoes. Now, honestly, I don't notice women's shoes ever. And I feel like women put a lot of effort into their like feet and shoes and stuff. And I don't think most men put any attention to women's feet. Uh, women put a lot of attention to men's feet. I know it. So I'll be like, oh, I really like your shoes. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever I'm wearing. Uh, so I don't know. Is it creepy that he just notices something about her? Because he works for her a lot. This is a prime example of think, don't speak. Yes. Like you see the shoes and go, Retro has those shoes. Look, first like, of all, he didn't need to tell Chandler yeah. Rachel has those in both. First off, I'd be like, why does my brain care about this? I yeah. mean, I comment on clothes and shoes and stuff all the time. So my brain thinking it, I'd be like, well, duh, Ryan. Like, I, that's what I'm super yeah. works. But I wouldn't look at someone and just go, your friend has those in green. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now, just... if they were like special limited edition ones that you knew were like really rare, you could maybe be like, oh, I know someone else who has those. But yeah, you wouldn't be like, you know, oh, you got those in orange. Yeah, just it's just icky. But yeah, I, I really just love the way he says, you know, Rachel has the same shoes in burgundy. I almost kind of want Gunther to turn around and like slap himself on the forehead, like, doing, like, he, <laughs> yeah. like he knows what an idiot he's just made out of himself. Because he, he does become too familiar with the cast at times. Like with Chandler, he doesn't ever interact with Chandler. And yet he like goes up to him as if like Chandler's in and knows that he's into Rachel. Yeah. It's very strange, but yeah. Uh, I do like that bit of, of this scene. But we're back at Monica's and it's now nighttime and the gang are getting ready to poke ugly naked guy. It's taken them quite a long time to put all the chopsticks together. Now, this poking device does look fairly solid, but I feel like his window is pretty far away from theirs. I couldn't find it, but I remember years ago, someone, I'm assuming it's from the early days of Reddit, did the maths. Well, no, we, we discussed this in one of our very early episodes in season one where we discussed like, the layout of the apartment. And how, like, the windows changed from... Fa- like, like, at one point, they were facing, like, brick walls. And then it became, like, a courtyard. And, like, the windows change constantly of what they're facing. And we, we tried to figure it out of, like, well, you know... They talk about how, like, Chandler's room or Joey's room can see, like, into people's apartments. And you're like, well, how? Like, because the layout doesn't work at all. Yep. But I'm imagining, like, if there is windows opposite them, they're not going to be that close in an apartment building. The apartment buildings are generally like square shaped, probably got a square courtyard in the middle, if they can like even see in that, that direction. It's going to be quite far away. It's not going to be like, you know, a few foot away. Yeah, well, even if their apartments are like, have an alleyway separating them and they're on like diagonal corners of each other's building, it's still going to be a good, what, 25, 30 feet to, to the other window? Well, and the way they film through the windows and stuff with like Ugly Naked Guy, you're like, no, that's quite a distance. Like, you couldn't jump it. No. It would be even like a, a long, um, not a ruler, what's the measure, measuring tape? Even like a long one of those wouldn't reach no. sort of thing. Like, it's going to be multiple metres away. Well, the main dis- diff- issue is support. That was the, the, the meme slash maps I was looking for. Yeah. Where they worked out, like, the average length of a chopstick and how many of those you can bind together before it become physically impossible for it to support its own weight across a gap. Yeah. And it would just basically bend down the snap. And I was like, oh, wait till-. I mean, normally we take the comedy out of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that meme did it. And I was every time I watch the episode now, I'm like... It's not physically realistic. <laughs> no. Who cares? The poke at a naked fat man with a stick, but... Because, the- well, I, my issue is is that the apartment only has so much length and you're like, well, where's the rest of the chopsticks going? Because they've got to start with a long thing first before they even get out of the window, right? 
Yeah. Okay, maybe they could open the boys' doors apartment and maybe angle it through there, but like it's got to be pretty long. Yeah. And you're right, yeah. Ultimately, physics is going to win. Yep, always does. Uh, but yeah, so like the poking device does look fairly solid. Um, and this is where we see our first glimpse of ugly naked guy. Uh, we see his big belly as they jab him. Yep. I'm very happy we never see ugly naked guy's face. Okay. Because, you know, it'd be mean to cast someone as ugly naked. Well, we've discussed this again before, how the guys actually come out of who the actor is and how you'd hate to be ugly naked guy. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like seasons, like, one to four, I wouldn't want a ugly naked guy. And then, like, 20 years after Friends has ended, I'd have that, I'm ugly naked guy on a T-shirt. You would be at the conventions going, yep, I will sign your shirt. I'm the ugly naked guy. I'm the ugly naked guy, yep. Uh, Yeah, so they jab him and he's alive. And now he's shown them his poking device. Again, more grade A comedy from Rachel. (laughs) And uh, they retract the device. I really love Joe's like, 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 well, are we still poking him? Retract the device, retract, retract the device. Uh, that, that's like a great moment. Uh, so yeah, he's alive, he's all well. And that's the title of the episode, isn't it? Really like that, just that one tiny scene yeah. is the whole thing. Um, I mean, you probably couldn't call the episode Monica Bang. <laughs> the one where Monica Bang. Yeah, is, uh, no, that's a, that's a back in the season one thirsty days. That is my yes, that is. Um, what else did you call it? Like the just... one, the one with the bump. Come yeah, on, you could yeah, go, yeah, get yeah, away with that, that, right? Yeah. Uh, the one with the the cheat and the one with the breaker. I don't know. I feel like the prop department was like, we built this thing. Named <laughs> yeah. the episode after it. Like, yeah. This took someone hours of their day to build. After the credits, though, Chandler is singing Lionel Richie with Phoebe's, uh, with a pizza. For Chandler, like I don't know why Phoebe's comes in with a pizza for him. Oh, you guys brought food and beer around when uh, Jess and I broke up. I guess you didn't sing on a Richard with me, but you. No, but like, yeah, she's like she's clearly gone gone round, and she, I don't know if she's just popped in. She just happens to have, have a pizza, or if he's invited her over, or what. maybe Phoebe's is a good friend, better friend than Joe. She's brought a pizza. Well, Joe would have brought two. He would have <laughs> for himself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And then Phoebe uh, joins in the singing with him, and this is really sweet, even if they can't hit the same high notes together. No, they can't. But yeah, it is uh, cute. Yeah, I, I do feel like Lionel Richie is a really uh, a 90s thing. I if mean, he's still around, but... He is. It's uh, a little bit strange, stranger now. But yeah, I don't think Lionel Richie songs... Like, I always think of uh, the song, Is It Me You're Looking For? Just because it has a fantastic music video where it has a blind woman who's touching a sculpture of his face and it's like is it me you're looking for it's just so weird yeah, and she's one of his students because he's professor in the video and he's like okay ross <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's just a strange concept yeah it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a nice ending though it's pretty sweet yeah. and that's one of those songs where on the surface when you listen to it it's quite sweet and then you listen to the lyrics and i'm like getting a bit creepy now yes because yep. they have it's like you've got a gun for thing in it like it does they don't have a he sings about a crush as if it's true love and that's when it comes across as creepy yeah because you're like, you don't know this person. Like they could have the most annoying habits in the world. Like flick the toenails across the living room. And you just be like, ugh. Yeah. That, well, no one put that in a song, though. No. Who, who's listening to that? <laughs> flick your toenails. <laughs> no. uh, so, yeah, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, it's, it's an all right episode. It's not the, the best episode out there. Uh, the whole title doesn't really make much sense, as I said, because it's such a small part. Yeah. Uh, it's always great to have more ugly naked guy kind of interactions. It is. I mean, to me, it's one of those episodes where I kind of forget about the Chandler and Jas- Jasmine. Who's Jasmine? Yeah. Chandler and Janice stuff because of everything else in the episode. Yes. Like, if you were like Monica Bang, I'd be like, ha ha, you're like, oh, you're a naked guy. I don't know if I'd, my memory would put the two 
you know, the poking device and Monica bang together in the same episode. No. I, I, who would remember there was two separate events? But I don't, I wouldn't remember the channel a bit, which is a, which is kind of a shame because it's, like I said, it went up until they ruin it. It's such a poignant scene. It's like, I feel like it deserves to be remembered better. I, th I think that's our discussion really is like the, the serious stuff is what you kind of forget. And we've discussed this previously as well. Like the serious stuff is what you don't really come to friends for. So you kind of forget about it or put it to the back of your mind. And it's, I don't know, it's so early in Friends, like, kind of culture. that The whole Janice stuff is, oh, LOL, oh, my God, you know, it's Janice being weird. Like, you forget they actually have a proper relationship for a few episodes. Yeah. And it's going to be over, and then we're going to move on. And very quickly, we're going to end up with uh, Chandler and Monica in one whole season. Yeah, which is, much, uh, which is quicker than I expected. When, and I'm, when I'm going for the watching, I'm always like, oh, we'll go back to it. I'm like, wow, this happened now. Yeah, and then, and then it's going to be a big thing for the rest of the show, right? So, uh, yeah, this stuff you kind of forget ever happens. I think when it's, I think that's why it kind of frustrates me from like a writing perspective so much because there are plenty of shows that I've, you know, watched over the years and there are certain episodes that stick out because they took a serious tone and changed the form of the show temporarily. Best example I can think of being Buffy. And this episode, the body where Buffy's mom George yeah. dies. That episode is absolutely heart wrenching. It's, it and is such a brilliant episode, just absolutely horrible in a, in so many brilliant ways. But you say Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and someone goes, "I enjoy Buffy Spike vampires fighting supernatural yeah, yeah. demons." That's what your brain says with Buffy, because for for you know most of the episodes, that's exactly what you get from Buffy. But yeah. then this one episode is no, this is where life's the big bad, and this has happened. That could have been Chandler's, you know. Raison d'etre, basically. Yeah. It could have been the, the one channel moment we all remembered forever, but they ruined it with a shoe. Mm. Well, I think that's where we'll leave this episode then. Um, as it's Ryan's birthday today, is, as we record, it is. Uh, I feel like you should go and join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash watching friends and chuck a couple of quid his way. I mean, uh, our way. Well, yeah, but it's better if I just... Do you, yeah. want to, do you want to give them I, into birthday gifting? Yeah, yeah, pretty oh, much, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, yeah. give no, me that money. Yeah, no one wants to give, give, give me money. I promise um, to put all the money into the podcast, though. Uh, you can buy some food, right? Maybe. Yeah, because, you know, very few of you support us for our lovely free content. Hours worth of content today. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, you know, chuck a couple of quid Ryan's way and, uh, you know, we can buy him something nice for his birthday. You can get a sign that reminds me how many seasons of Friends there we are. We can. We can get you a t-shirt. <laughs> can't we there count, we go. Count, the, count the claps Ryan yeah exactly <laughs> uh, so yeah you can you can help support us there to help us continue making this podcast because we do do this all for free for you and you can check us out at uh, watchingfriends.com where you can send us a message and tell us how you hate our Patreon messages <laughs> and you can also contact us and check us out at watchfriendspod on Twitter and Facebook uh, well, we really need to do so much more. We need to discuss this off air. We need to do more of that. Well, we, we have potentially found a social media manager. Okay. Um, they're just very busy at the minute. So okay. I think once their schedule clears, uh, they can start running that for us. And you can always leave us a review. You know, tell us what you think about the show. We hope you really enjoy this. Like, we do this for, for free, for fun for you. And we hope that you enjoy it just as much as we do making it. Yeah, I mean, one thing I, I think our podcast has that potentially others don't is that, and this being a prime example, is we don't always praise the show like it's our genuine opinion of the show and it's not a fluff piece it's not like woo friends is the best thing ever like we all like and enjoy friends but this episode definitely ended on a from my perspective at least like a I wasn't happy with the end of this episode like, like yeah for, for, for me it's a, an average episode and an average episode of friends is a very good episode of any yeah. other TV show right 
Um, yeah, it's, it's not one I'm going to be breaking out to say, you need to watch this, but it's an enjoyable episode. Yeah, but I quite like the idea that our listeners can be like, you know what, Ryan? I don't agree with you. You're wrong. This was great. Or, you know. And we would love to discuss yeah. that. Or oh, I do agree with you. I never thought of that way. I mean, maybe, you know, people haven't looked at it as overly deep as we tend to go sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I, we talk about friends because we like talking about friends. And the people listening, like, he went about friends, and it'd be cool to talk to you about friends. Yeah, because yeah, you're certainly not going to get us telling you you're wrong, we're right. There's, there's going to be things that you will tell us and we'll be like, actually, that's a pers- perspective that we never thought about. Unless they tell us the Rangers are a great hockey team and then I'll tell them they're wrong. Okay. So don't message about the Rangers. That's fine. We're a friends podcast, not a hockey podcast. That's time. You can leave that for, for watching <laughs> hockey or, or playing hockey, whatever we, we, we would call that one. I would not be on that show. <laughs> <laughs> Today, hockey have a mark. Did it? I wasn't watching. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Thank you for listening to our show, All About Friends. Hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week with yet another episode. So until next time, goodbye. Cheerio.